We want to welcome you all to Rosie on the House. We're here this morning in our striving mission to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving celebration with your friends and family. And I'm preaching to the choir, so I know none of our listeners were part of any of the injuries tallied up at BlackFridayDeathCount.com. That's a horrible website name. Uh, <laughs> it's a horrible thought. Only only four injury, injuries. Uh, one brawl closes Alabama Shopping Center uh, in a town between Tuscaloosa and Atlanta. One male shot, one male stabbed at Willowbrook Mall. That's Houston. And then Missouri mall shooting leaves teens seriously injured. I wow. found out what to do on Black Friday. I Shop early, like two weeks ago, <laughs> and go to the post office and mail all your packages. Don't the, tell everybody that. The post office <laughs> was empty. We got, we got several packages mailed yesterday. <laughs> no line. Walk right in. And when you can do that this time of year, that's uh, that's a little rosy tip for you. I forgot to do it again. I'm going to remember to do this one time. But there was a report, and I can't remember what publication, but it was talking about how it's all just a big uh, smoke and mirror. They start lowering prices in August. I'm jacking prices in August. So that when they lower it on Black Friday, it looks like this huge discount, but it's the same price it was back in August. There's nothing so, I want in a box, Romy, that I would go through all that for. Oh, my gosh. You, you go through this great celebration of Thanksgiving, celebrating the, you know, the pilgrims and the Indians and a fall harvest, and then you go the next day and you— Rip each other's hair out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. So ridiculous. Well, we had a great Thanksgiving. Yes, we did. I wanted to give a shout-out to Rennie and Teresa Romero. They just—they do it upright. Boy, the whole family anticipates that night the whole year round. And by the way, happy birthday, Uncle Rennie, today. I don't know about you, but if I would have tasted the beef first, <laughs> I'd have just cleared my plate and gone back for more of however he seared that delicious piece of prime rib. Prime rib. It was about the size of a golf cart. <laughs> I, I would have liked to have seen the steer that came from. Oh, it was so yeah, big. Man. It was so big. Like he cooked it over an hour, and it was still rare. Oh, and that. Horseradish sauce. Mm. He makes regular horseradish with hot horseradish, and oh, I I even put it on the turkey, and it was so good. Well, you can't beat Mama Kay's cornbread dressing. Oh, yeah. Yep, uh, I feel it. So, <laughs> Katie has a few things to tell us. If if you're like us and you overate, good morning, Katie Stumbo. Good morning. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, how'd you do last night at Uncle Rennie's with your calorie count? Or did you oh, just? I did fine. Oh yeah. All right. Well, what about those of us who didn't? Well, you're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) How how many calories were on some of those plates? So, you know, looking around, the Romero's Thanksgiving, you know, there's some some richer foods and some denser foods, but then you've got the green beans and you had salad, and, you know, there's a nice mix of things there. So as long as you choose, you know, you've, you put the green things on your plate, and then you put a taste of everything else on there. You're going to fill it up. You're going to taste every single thing that's, that's out there, and you're not going to blow through um, 
through an additional couple hundred to 2,000 calories in a single day. But, Katie, in the Cajun uh, way, even the green stuff was cooked in either bacon butter. or butter. Bacon. <laughs> My green beans had lots of bacon. There's nothing more natural or organic <laughs> than bacon or butter. What are we doing? What's the problem here? You know, so one day, one day's really not going to wreck you. You know, it, it, it's one day. Your body will recover from that. It's when you extend that to four or five days, to, to leftovers, to, you know, with with us, you know, we have Thanksgiving on Thursday, then we have Thanksgiving on Friday. Now ball game so we today. We have two Thanksgivings, you know, so I'm super careful on Thursday and then allowed myself to have a little bit extra on Friday. But one day is not going to wreck you. It's all the extra and additional days. If you were just talking about Thanksgiving and Christmas Day, and you, you blew your calorie budget, it's two days out of the year. It's, it's all the other stuff that comes up. It's all the parties. It's all the appetizers. It's all the extra beverages. It's all the, uh, I think I saw a big old cheesecake last night. It's, it's that, those was, kind that, of was, that, that was homemade. Yeah, I bet homemade. it was. So it was the apple pie. <laughs> Thanks, Aunt Nita. <laughs> So, Katie, how, uh, if you ate so over ate 2,000 calories, how long would it take you to burn that off? Well, okay, so it's going to depend on the type of activities that you're doing. Now, if you're walking, that, that's about 10 hours of, of a, a brisk walk. Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, that's ten, ten one hours trip across the Grand Canyon. Brisk walking. <laughs> so, you know, maybe this would be a more ideal weekend to do the Grand Canyon. I don't know. But if you're going to do a more intense workout say like a like a spin class it'd be about six hours at the spin class or five hours depending on on how much effort you put into it so 2,000 calories you're looking at anywhere from from five hours of really intense exercise to 10 or more hours of moderately intense exercise well jennifer and i and carol had a beautiful hike up pinnacle peak Mm. yesterday jennifer it obviously didn't make a dent we need to go back and do about four loops of that I'm up for it. Go go do Tom's Thumb like six or seven times. <laughs> six or seven times. Okay. Yeah. And you'll be right back on I'll track. I'll be right back but, on but track. A, but again, you know, it's, it's one day. That one day, you still, you, you need to moderate the rest of this weekend. You know, watch out, get a few extra vegetables, some extra water, get yourself rehydrated and moving. But it, it's, not, it's not the one singular day that's going to make you gain the 10 pounds in the holiday season. It's Thanks. all the things in between, starting from Halloween, all the Halloween candy. We're already a month past that, five weeks past that. So just moderating the rest of the time when you do have all those extra events and all those extra parties. You know, go in and kind of scope out the food and decide what one or two things is worth a little bit of the splurge on and stay away from everything else. It really enjoy what you pick, but don't pick everything. <laughs> Don't pick everything. Thanks, Katie. Those are great tips for this morning. I have a bone to pick. R- literally a bone. There is lots a, of bones. A last turkey night. leg bone. Yeah. Last week, Jay Harper and I were talking about t- turkey, and that by itself, it's not a, you know, just a, a, a you know, you gotta right. cook it in peanut oil, deep fry it. You've got to cover it in gravy. You got to put a ton of stuffing. Well, we get a text from our 10 o'clock guest coming in, Nathan Angel, and he's like, no, turkey's great. I'll tell you how I do it. Uh, we eat it a year long all the time. You know, you don't need any of that stuff. The first thing he says, well, first, I got to brine it for like two or three days. I'm like, <laughs> 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 yeah. 
You should not just hear yourself. You got to brine it for days to make it. <laughs> I've never done that. No. Uh, I've I've done it a few times. Um, but the way he does it sounds good. I don't. Yeah. It sounds very good. I don't have a pizza oven to try it the way he does. Yeah. You know, we on on our deep fried. Uh, generally speaking, in the past, uh, for years, it was just covered it in Tony's and drop it in the deep fryer, but. Some I picked up from Boudreaux's. He uses uh, French's yellow mustard. You know, we all we use we would put in oil so the seasoning sticks, but he uses French's mustard. And so I started trying that on my beer butt chickens and deep fried turkey. And it, I bet you it tenderizes it some. You know, and and the, it leaves the skin uh, not quite as crunchy, which I do like the crunchy skin, <laughs> but it, it makes it a lot easier to cut the skin as well. And. Uh, and that's it. French's mustard, Tony's, uh, peanut oil, and a gas well, burner. Well, what was on the spread last night? When you, how many people do you think were at that table? So the adult table was twenty-seven. The kid table was right at eight or ten. Yeah, it was a big crowd. And as you came in the kitchen and started on the northeast, northwest corner of the island, you had some salad. You had dinner rolls. You had butter. Not dinner rolls. You had Nita's homemade. Parker house rolls are gorgeous. They were and they delicious. Were delicious, and then the salad, and then there were like five different styles of potatoes, some au gratin, and somebody had mashed, but they were hiding them. I don't know. <laughs> I never got the story That's on that. True. So they were Amanda them. filled me in on that on the drive home. Uh, there was two people complaining they never we never have mashed potatoes at oh. the Romero household, and there was it was <laughs> Terry. It was. I'm trying to remember the other two, but Retta had made it for them, but only enough for them and kind of hit it so oh. that they could have their little mashed potatoes. So, well, maybe that's something we need to do next year we instead had, of the au gratin. We had potatoes au gratin, and then we had the turkey, and then we had that prime rib with the horseradish, and then the cranberries, and then what was Mama K's? Uh, oh, cornbread, cornbread dressing, dirty rice. Oh, man. Katie's salad was to die for. And, and then we had good. roasted vegetables and green beans. Yeah, there was no shortage of food. And then a whole dessert table. And a whole dessert table. So we hope, and it's our prayer, that uh, and, there, and there was no one shot at the family. Event. Right. There, was, <laughs> there were no police called. Uh, there were no black eyes, although there was one guy there that deserved it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had a great time. The kids all performed extravagantly i mean running playing tag it was just awesome so you know it's our hope and prayer that y'all had just as fulfilling a thanksgiving weekend as we did and let's keep our thanks in the forefront of our mind 364 days a year let's remember what to be grateful for Coming up the rest of the hour, we have Dr. Sky in. This is a 7 o'clock hour of Rosie on the House. It's our Arizona people, places, and things. And today, uh, viewing what we can see overhead. If we look up, uh, you can hear Dr. Sky early, early Saturday mornings, like at 3 o'clock on KTAR if you're up that early. As early as I still get up for the 7 o'clock hour, I still haven't caught the, one of his in real time. We'll have him on talking about what you can see over the night skies. And welcome back. Music, courtesy of Gary D. here at Rosie on the House. Our music is just one more dimension of becoming your best friend. What better, what better little tune could you use to wake up to on Saturday morning, huh? 
Welcome aboard. I have one final thing on Thanksgiving meals before we bring Dr. Scott in the program. Use number 10,854 for mason jars. Roxy found somewhere uh, to take the lid from a mason jar, turn it upside down, and make individual little pies in that. And they spent all day Thanksgiving making you know all these different types of pies that are in our little baking uh, glass jar now that just munch on. But they've got you know, four or five different varieties, and all the you know each one was done different. And it was uh, pretty creative. Pretty creative, yeah. So final final little tip there on Thanksgiving. So we're we're not big dessert family, but that was a that was a great way to do just little individual size servings. And if you're doing a big crowd instead of trying to make a big uh, spread that might be something fun for the kids to do. So, but let's bring Dr. Sky in. There's uh, quite a lot to talk about in the heavens today. Good morning, sir. And good morning, Romy, and good morning to Rosie and Jennifer. And hey, what a wonderful way to celebrate the holiday weekend being here on Rosie on the House. Well, thank you. What uh, What do you have for us today? You know, Rosie, there's uh, and and Romy, there's so many wonderful things that we can see in our sky. And just to let people know. This beautiful weather that we're getting right now, take advantage of it. You don't need Dr. Sky to remind you that. But <laughs> more specifically, the sun's been up since 7.08 this morning, and it goes down today at 5.21. So we get literally 10 hours and 12 minutes of that beautiful Arizona sunshine. And it's kind of interesting, Romy, that when we look at the shortest day of the year, which many know, of course, comes around the winter solstice, right around the 21st of December, you get 9 hours and 56 minutes of sunlight so we're getting close to the uh, shortness of daylight, but wow, isn't it amazing right now, the weather? I mean, it's just so spectacular. It's, it defies words. Yes, sir. We were talking about it yesterday. It's been a couple years since we've had a cold Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. It's uh, just incredible. But, you know, if you look into the night sky, and I know the whole purpose of talking about so many wonderful things here to all of our listeners, there's just so many topics to talk about. One of the most interesting things that was discovered, folks, is Romy, this asteroid, which in Hawaiian, they pronounce it as Oamuamua. I know that sounds hard to repeat two or three times this early. But the object, it's a strange object that's the first time an interstellar asteroid or any kind of body has ever been discovered here on Earth. Because many people may know that there's about 750,000 asteroids that lurk out there between Mars and Jupiter. But this discovery that was made back about a month ago is actually the first time an interstellar object, in other words, something from the stars and beyond, has ever been seen. And the translation in Hawaiian of the Oumuamua is supposed to mean messenger. So what an appropriate name for this very strangely shaped object. So if folks Google that. Uh, How do you spell that for me? It's O-U-M-U-A-M-U-A. Isn't that amazing? And this object, Romy, is so incredible. It looks literally, if you're a big sci-fi fan, you got to say, hey, wait a second. That looks like some interstellar spacecraft that maybe the Klingons or some advanced civilization would have. But what makes this so amazing to folks that are in the astronomy world is that it was discovered on the Haleakala Observatory out there in Hawaii as an object that, get a look at this, was traveling 193 miles, per, 193 miles an hour, leaving the solar system after it was discovered, and it won't leave our solar system for another 20,000 years. But the point is, in simplicity, it's an amazing piece of something from another star system. And it's the first time here that humans have ever detected that. So that's quite interesting. It's uh, big news in the astronomy world now. So what's something like that worth? 
I would say billions and trillions of dollars because <laughs> supposedly it's made up of these precious metals, nickel and iron. But the problem with this asteroid is it was even hard to detect because it literally has this reddish tinge to it, which means somehow it's been floating around in space and bombarded by what we call cosmic rays. So could you imagine seeing this? And, and all the depictions that people look at on the Internet of this thing, you see this thing literally rolling head over heels in space, and it's just an amazing story of something that we've never seen. So the point of the whole conversation is, look at how the great technology that we have today, these monster-sized robotic telescopes, 50 years ago, guys, we would never be able to identify something like this, or very difficult to identify. But then that begs the question, well, is it going to hit the Earth? No. And if it were, oh boy, I mean, that's the alleged diameter of this, about 400 meters long, maybe 50 meters wide. And for those of you that are not uh, up early enough to go Google that, just check it out. It's, it's, it's quite an amazing story, which is still continuing. And on my shows, I'm looking to get the discoverers of this on there to discuss with them in more technical terms exactly what the meaning of this uh, interstellar object, the first ever seen by humans from another solar system. It supposedly came from the direction of the star Vega, which is 27 light years away. And Vega, Romy and, and company, may know, people may remember this, that in this movie Contact with Jodie Foster, that whole star Vega is kind of the big center of attraction of that whole movie. So if you haven't seen Contact, it's a good way to warm up next to uh, the fireplace and a nice cup of coffee or so and uh, watch some great sci-fi. Now, when you look up and you see all the stars in the sky, yes. how can you say this? pick one of those that, hey, this object came from, oh, that one right there. Well, that's the science <laughs> of astronomy, my friend, and that's, that's exactly what those folks do because they know where it was found as, as far as direction, where it's going, and they figure out the simple word called orbit. And that's a really, just kidding, that's a really complicated thing. So salute to the astronomers that discovered this Oumuamua, the messenger, this interstellar messenger. Amazing. More with Dr. Sky right after this. Sounded good, Gary D. Let's bring our own Amuamua. <laughs> As it relates to all things in the sky, back on the program, Dr. Sky. So, hey, Romy. Good morning. How are you? Oh, very well. Thank you. And you know, so many wonderful things to look at. But locally, here's some great things for people to watch, particularly this weekend. If you go out tonight... And you have those telescopes and binoculars, or even the naked eye. Just look high in the southern sky. You'll see the first quarter moon. Romy, that's a great time to look at the moon because you get to see the shadow that goes vertical on the moon. We call it the Terminator. And in a more romantic way, you can actually see all the detail of the sunrise that's taking place on the lunar surface some 225,000 miles away. And if you really want to get a, get going in astronomy, take a star chart and a star map, a moon lunar map, I should say, and go out there and learn the different craters and seas on the moon. Remember, only 12 humans have ever walked on the surface of the moon. Seems like it's close when you look at it in our Arizona skies, but it still took them in rocket-powered vehicles some three days to get there. And it really saves some of the best for last, Romy. If we look toward the month of December, the full moon coming up, it sneaks up on us real quick here. The, December, the night of December 2nd, into the morning of December 3rd, we get the super of all supermoons of the year 2017, the closest moon 
of all. It'll be absolutely spectacular if we have weather like this and clear skies we're hoping and praying for. So on that night, if you're looking toward the moon, just know the time of, of moonrise on December the 2nd. And look at that beautiful moon rising in the southeast. You'll see it high in the sky, the closest moon, some 222,135 miles away, which is amazing. And, Remy, I get asked often, and, and I appreciate all the, the listeners here on Rosie on the House, that so many of them come to our Dr. Sky programs that are on the Dolly Steamboat and many around the valley, including the beautiful Lost Dutchman State Park. So I wanted to mention that my 62nd birthday is coming up on January 30th, but we're doing that Dr. Sky cruise the, uh, on the 27th of January, and if people want to, of course, book that now, it's a great time. We've had a sellout crowd for every time we've done it in, in January, my 62nd birthday, of course, but that's not the main reason to go. And closer to home on the calendar, if you look at the evening of Saturday, December the 16th, we're back at that beautiful park. I know you have Sue Black on there a lot, and always interested to listen to what she has to say about how she's transforming our Arizona State Parks. We're doing another Dr. Sky program there. 7 p.m., and all the $7 per car fee goes dedicated to the park. So we give that money back to the park, uh, rightfully so, Romy, to uh, make things happen there. And if I remember right from my navigation books, like rising full moon mm -hmm. starts right as sun is setting. So what yes. would be the best time? Would it be, would it be right at midnight to go see it in its fullest, brightest Probably best to see it that way, but the probable best way, and I think this is more, the more romantic and for those photographers out there, is just to just right at the time of sunset, find the time of sunset for that particular date, let's say December 2nd, and just a few moments thereafter, keep your eyes peeled to the southeastern part of the sky, and so many of these astronomy apps show you exactly you know, where on the horizon <clears throat> excuse me, to look. But it's, the point is, the probably best time to see this is when you're seeing it against the backdrop of the horizon. Because you get that full moon effect, as I like to call it. it. The moon looks even larger. And how about that, Roma? You have a moon that is actually larger, but because of the atmospheric refraction and the bending of light. And then some say, no, it's just an optical illusion. But the best time simply to answer the question is probably when that moon is rising. Of course, the whole night you can follow it because it takes the longest arc across our Arizona skies. Just an amazing sight. Is there a better place to watch it than another? I would say find the location that is clear, Jennifer, the clearest view of the sky that has no trees to the southeast and east. No matter where you are in Arizona, you're up in Sedona, you're out here deep in the Valley of the Sun here, just find a place that has no trees. And I've, I've tried to do that, and it's becoming more and more difficult mm -hmm. because of all the urban growth. But just look as far as you can to the, the best clear view of the southeast sky and I assure you, and all those photographers out there, you're going to get some absolutely majestic photographs of uh, Earth's nearest neighbor. Just a beautiful sight. The super of all super moons, guys, coming up here the night of December 2nd. Closest to us and best, December 3rd, how about this? 8.47 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's when the sun is up, of course, but uh, the moon will have already set by then. So the night of the 2nd, that's your night. And... If you look at our calendar picture, that looks exactly like one of our pho photograph winners for our 2018 home maintenance calendar we're putting together. It's wow. a full moon coming up right, uh, what looks like the superstitions mm -hmm. behind it, and a saguaro cactus set right to the right. It's it, pretty <clears throat> spectacular. It, couldn't, he, couldn't pick a better object, you bet. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Totally amazing. So there's so many things happening, and again... 
This is probably one of the best times of year, of course, to view, because now we have none of that obstreperous heat that we have to deal with and lingering to 110 degrees at midnight. You have the opportunity to really take advantage of Arizona skies. And literally, it's just uh, it's overwhelming, isn't it, guys? It's just absolutely sacred. We're, we're blessed here. And tell me about this fireball. You know, that's interesting. About a week ago, the my phones were lighting up. So many people's phones were lighting up. Every news sources calling me going, hey, Dr. Sky, what was that? Well, the best recollection we can give our listeners this morning, Romy, is the object that came across here about a week ago was probably an object which we call a fireball from one of the meteor streams called either the, so- the southern or northern torrid meteor shower. They're known for producing these larger fireballs, meaning brighter in the sky. But the object allegedly was about the size of a fist or a grapefruit, And it was so amazing because so many people not only here in Arizona saw this object, it illuminated probably somewhere about 30 miles above the Earth. So an object even that small, let's say it was the size of a grapefruit, got more eyeballs. And, of course, every television station, we all saw that here. And they asked me, of course, what you think it is. And I said, no, it's not a UFO. I mean, it is until we identify it. But the the obvious truth is, from the astronomy world, it's more than likely a fireball remnant that came across the sky. And some even said that they heard noises coming off of this. But what made me think it was simply a fireball is if you look at the downtown Phoenix camera that's located there, I believe, high atop one of the buildings, it actually shows, uh, Romeo and Jennifer, a piece of material breaking off of this. So it was probably uh, one of these fireball objects. And now, during this season, we still have about five active meteor streams going on right now. So another great thing. If you go out and wait, wait till the moon sets, you know, if you're a diehard into the late night into early morning, wait till the moon sets. Then sit back in a lawn chair with a nice cup of coffee or whatever you drink. And this scan the skies because the best times for this are usually going to happen between, let's say, midnight and sunrise. So once again, the object that was here last week, probably a fireball about the size of a grapefruit. And I doubt very much uh, if it ever made it to the ground. So it probably incinerated. Our very own Arizona's Dr. Sky joining us here at Rosie on the House. Again, that Dolly Steamboat Cruise. And for if you're new to the broadcast, welcome Calf Country out of Flagstaff, new to the program. Welcome KGVY from Southern Arizona out of Green Valley, uh, joining KAZM out of Sedona and KTR out of Phoenix to our 7 o'clock hour. Uh, Dolly Steamboat is a steamboat on Canyon Lake. That's right. Yes. Beautiful place. Canyon Lake, you take 60 from Mesa as you're going to Globe. Uh, turn north on Idaho. Is it the Idaho Trail? It's been a long time since I've been out that way. Is mm-hmm. it 80, 80? I believe it's 88, uh, and you follow that. That's right, 88. From, from, the ger- from the junction of 88, I believe, you follow it about 14 miles up some of the most majestic roads. And I understand that they're actually repaving those roads up there, which is good, because I ride my motorcycle up there a lot, and you know, the whole motorcycle seems like we're shaking apart because you know over years how much the sun beats down on the road. But more importantly, it's just a great drive, guys, and a great location. And we do that throughout the year. So there'll be a full posted schedule coming up pretty soon here as we do it on drsky.com and various media sources. But just a really nice place. And who knows, guys, maybe you guys want to do with the Rosie on the House organization and great fans. Maybe sometime in February where we're maybe looking at a possible Rosie on the House cruise on Canyon Lake. You can see the boat itself and the setting on dollysteamboat.com, astronomy dinner cruise on Canyon Lake. And I tell you what, it was a night to remember between Dr. Skye's 
laser and pointing out what you're looking at and the animals coming down to water. It was an amazing night. Beautiful place. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Sky, for joining us. And again, if you're interested, dollysteamboat.com. Mm -hmm. And Canyon Lake is close enough to town. You're not having to go on this big expedition to get out there. But with the surroundings of the Superstition Mountains, you kind of really get tucked in away from the city glow. So you get a, a real nice black black night to look at. I, I mean, you, it, you're not committed to the whole night. Uh, how, late, how late did it go when you guys went? Like 11 o'clock? It's, yeah, it's a couple hours worth. You have dinner. You, you kind of cruise out when the sun is setting and the animals are kind of moving around. It's a bighorn sheep. And you have your nice dinner. And then everybody kind of gets up as it gets dark. And Dr. Sky kind of starts talking you through what you're seeing in the sky. And he takes his big laser and he can point right to it. You have to have a license to run one of those things. And he, it's a lot of fun. <coughs> So, well, very good. Well, if you're interested, you can sign up at dollysteamboat.com. Yeah, I would like to. Uh, from our house, that's about three hours. <laughs> and <laughs> we've got four little ones and the horses making that, that evening. We can't stay awake at past 8, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock sometimes. You are a Romero. I <laughs> That would put me home close to 2 o'clock. I would need a chauffeur. <laughs> you planning on bringing your horses, too? <laughs> just no, can't leave you them. just can't leave them. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah. So We have to come spend the night at Grandma's. One, Fun. We'll, we'll, we'll get that around to that one time. But mm -hmm. uh, Dolly Steamboat, and I haven't been to Canyon Lake in years, but I'm glad to hear that they're repaving that road. I don't know how far they plan on going, but all the way to, to Tortilla Flat would be... I think, great for that whole strip. I mean, if you're looking for an Arizona uh, something to do or a drive and maybe you've got family in that's never been to Arizona before and you're trying to think, okay, where do we go? A lot of people think Sedona and the Red Rocks and a lot of people go to the Grand Canyon and there's nothing wrong with either one of those. Uh, but it's hard to do it from a windshield. When you walk up to the Grand Canyon, you look down, pretty cool, but you haven't seen anything until you get down in it. You know, Sedona and the Red Rocks, you can drive past, you can see them from, you know, 69, leaving Prescott, going into Prescott Valley. Uh, you can see them off of Chino. You can see, you can see them from a long way, but just looking at it really doesn't do anything. You've got to get out, you know, hit a trail, find some uh, off, the, off the beaten path road. But if you want to take them, for the an Arizona drive that's fairly easy, just take that trip out past Canyon and go all the way up to Roosevelt Lake. You come out right by the dam. You're a few miles from Globe. You can go into Globe and come back on 60, or you can turn left and go up to Pumpkin Center and then hit the Beeline Highway and come back down into Fountain Hills. That's a... Uh, that... Last time I was on it, it was a dirt road. I mean, you're looking at two to three hour commitment probably once you get off of 60 to Roosevelt Dam. But that drive, that I mean, you, you have saguaros, you have mountains, you have the that's the Salt River coming in there. Yes, mm -hmm. you've got the Salt River along the the drive. I mean, it's and you've got plenty of watering holes for uh, pit stops at Tortilla Flats and Pumpkin Center. So there's a there's a good uh, route if you're looking to take uh, someone who's never been to Arizona on a real uh, real taste of the Southwest. You'd mentioned the Grand Canyon. Um, one of my favorite things is when I'm in the area, just go to the South Rim, have a seat, and just take a look. Because 
there's never the same view depending on how the sun's hitting it. Even at nighttime, I mean, you see uh, Dr. Sky would just have a fit because the stars are, are everywhere. But the one thing I love about the South Rim is if you're lucky enough to see one of those California condors that was reintroduced years ago. The last time I was down there, I had two of them fly directly over me, and they look like mini Cessna airplanes. Those birds are huge. So you're originally from Louisiana, Gary D. Mm-hmm. Little little Cajun blood in you. Uh, is they're, they're the California Concord? Condors. Condors. Condor. Condor. They're Condor. a bird. Um, Big bird. Right. Would you say they taste more like a bald eagle or a hawk? <laughs> you know, I guess it depends on the seasoning and if you brine it or not. <laughs> You are tuned in to Rosie on the House. Good morning, Arizona. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with us. Uh, we've got our staycation currently for this month. We're trying it a little different for 2018. In the past, we would let the winners select where they were going and what they were going to do and all that. And um, it, it has just become too much of a maintenance issue. Uh, people not knowing where they want to go or deciding too late and we can't accommodate rooms because everything's booked out. So we've took some time looking at, okay, where where's the destination in Arizona for this month? And right now we're drawing for January. So from November 15th to December 15th, all those entries will be for January and it'll just continue on there. December 15th to January 15th will be then for February staycation. And we'll have that complete list of what we're doing every month on our website shortly. And then if it's not something you want to do that month, well, then just enter a month you for a trip you'd want to go on. For example, January's trip, it's going to be to the Little America Hotel in Flagstaff. And we're working on a ski package with Snowbowl and uh, Barrett uh, uh, Black Babbitt. Black, Black Bart's Steakhouse? Oh, well, Black you're right. And then also Babbitt's, that's a lot of bees, and Babbitt's backcountry outfitters as well. Yeah, so you'd be able to go get a new ski jacket or goggles or whatever you needed and uh, have lift tickets and rentals and uh, all those things are still in development. But we can focus on that and help you build put out those a- together knowing what the destination is, what the exact date. I think this is November, uh, January 19th and 20th weekend. So picking those ahead of time allows us to build on that staycation experience to uh, to explore the great state of Arizona. And then it's Rosie's 30th broadcast anniversary, so we're putting together a grand prize. One of the 12 winners from 2018 will, have, will be drawn at random for the grand prize as part of our... Uh, have we announced that grand prize yet? No. Not yet. Oh, stay tuned. Uh, yeah, so. so there's a... Pretty good chance, you know, one in twelve. But you got to win the staycation first, and you can only register for that at rosieonthehouse.com. And the quick links, we're going to add it to the tab. Uh, that'll be there shortly. Right now, you see home, find a trusted partner, calendar, do-it-yourself question and answer, blog, podcast, events about us, and contact across the menu bar. You have to scroll down into the quick links and click on staycation. But we're going to add staycation to the menu bar. It's become a big enough feature that it warrants getting its own. 
its own direct link off the menu bar. But for right now, today, click on, once you get to rosieonthehouse.com, just scroll down to uh, where it says popular links and Arizona. It says Sanderson Ford Arizona Staycation Register here. You just click on that, and that takes you to rosieonthehouse.com slash travelaz, and you can enter to win your very own staycation brought to you by Rosie on the House and Sanderson Ford, who, as I understand, have a Black Friday uh, sale going on all weekend long, but today's the last day because, remember, they're always closed on Sundays. One of the many things that we just continue to love about Sanderson Ford and all they do for uh, Arizona and our community. Absolutely. You know, there's lots of things to do right now, start planning for between now and Christmas, and even a little carrying over a little after Christmas, but all the Christmas light displays, most of them opened up this weekend. So you can hit Glendale, and it's Glendale Glitters, beautiful, beautiful old downtown setting, lots uh, of lights. So that's not a neighborhood tour. That's uh, through the, through the business city. Mm-hmm. district? Business district. Okay. You go down there, and there's lots of little shops open. You can have coffee, tea. You know, just look at the lights, do a little window shopping. Some of the shops are open. It's kind of a step back in time. That's kind of fun. And then if you're into crowds, you can hit the zoo lights. That's a crowd. <laughs> I, I never have used a leash on my kids, but I tell you, <laughs> going to zoo lights, it's dark outside, and there's, you know, it's just solid people all the way across the path, and you can't, you just kind of can't see the, your kid real well. So it's, you have to have them. Close by you, but it's a great. It's the kids just get a charge out of it. All those zoo lights, all throughout the zoo, and um, things that move, and you know, like hopping frogs. And then they have little. It's, it's just charming. The kids love it. So you have to. It, it's a full evening, though. They've got something going on on I seventeen. We saw it last night driving home. Kind of about the probably Pinnacle Peak or Joe Max's area on the east side. There's yeah. big old display of lights that you can see. Uh, from the road and just a line of cars waiting to turn into it. So, so something you drive through probably. Pro- it looked like yeah. it. If you go a little farther up I-17, you can take a look at Scrubby. Scrubby. I think Scrubby should be decorated by now. So I'm sure Scrubby's decorated by now. The juniper tree that's uh, on I-17 just past the... Uh, Sunset Point. Thank you. Yeah. Sunset Point turnoff. Mm-hmm. Always decorated. The tree's been there a long time. Named by Dolan Ellis. You can go to DolanEllis.com and get his book about Scrubby along with a song he wrote about this tree that nobody really knows who decorates. A little Arizona folklore.